Hey everyone, this is Wesley Town. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome to Better Days Season 3. If someone were to ask me, what would be your number one piece of advice to younger leaders just getting started? I would say choose to practice healthy rhythms. I would encourage not just younger leaders, but also seasoned leaders to do this. In high school, I was on the cross-country team and the track team. When I ran a long-distance race, I could not sprint the entire race. I always tried to go as fast as I could, which is not a great running philosophy, but I could never sprint the entire way. Why? It is not possible. The University of New Hampshire answered this question saying, The answer is no, you cannot sprint forever. Food is fuel. Carbohydrates, protein, and fat are consumed and utilize energy. No matter how much you eat, your body cannot use its energy fast enough to keep up with the demands of full-on sprints. Some of us have learned this lesson, and some of us are learning this lesson, that if you don't pace yourself in leadership and life, that eventually you run out of energy and your soul and your body begin to break down. This is why proactively choosing to create health versus deplete health is vital for our lives as humans and leaders. Let me define rhythms for you. Rhythms are intentional and consistent patterns built into our lives to create health. I'll say that again. Rhythms are intentional and consistent patterns built into our lives to create health. My aunt, who is an amazing human, by the way, wakes up around 5 a.m. every weekday morning before she goes to work to go to the gym. She has done this for years. This is a great example of building an intentional and consistent rhythm into your life that creates health. Think about when you go to the gas station. You fill up your tank so that your car engine can convert gas into motion. If your gas tank empties, your car engine will simply quit running. Rhythms are like fuel. They keep our engines running. However, so many of us have depleted our tanks and experienced life and leadership on empty. What happens at that point is the breakdown of physical health, relational health, mental health, and vocational health. Here are a few rhythm categories that are vital for physical, spiritual, mental, and vocational health. And I don't want you to think of these as legalistic rules. Never beat yourself up over them. Don't worry if you miss a day. These are not meant to create stress. These are elastic. They have room to flex and adapt as life changes. But choosing healthy patterns now will serve your life well, both in the present and the future. So the first category is what I like to call healthy physical rhythms. These are things that we've been created to do from God's original design. These three rhythms are sleep, move, eat. And I'll explain them. First of all, sleep. Sleep is so vital for health and so vital to be a healthy leader in the long term. Let me read to you a few expert studies and explanations on the importance of sleep. The National Institute of Neurological Disorders says this about sleep, quote, Sleep affects almost every type of tissue and system in the body, from the brain, heart, and lungs, 
to metabolism, immune function, mood, and disease resistance, end quote. Pretty important. Healthline describes a number of studies that have been done about sleep in relationship to mental health, saying, quote, mental health issues such as depression are strongly linked to poor sleep quality and sleeping disorders. It has been estimated that 90% of people with depression complain about sleep quality. Poor sleep is even associated with an increased risk of death by suicide, end quote. John Hopkins talks about the importance of sleep on the brain, saying, quote, if you have ever felt foggy about a poor night's sleep, it won't surprise you that the sleep significantly impacts brain function. First, a healthy amount of sleep is vital for brain plasticity, or the brain's ability to adapt to input. If we sleep too little, we become unable to process what we learn during the day, and we have more trouble remembering it in the future. Researchers also believe that sleep may promote the removal of waste products from brain cells, something that seems to occur less efficiently when the brain is awake. Sleep is vital to the rest of the body, too. When people don't get enough sleep, their health risks rise. Symptoms of depression, seizures, high blood pressure, and migraines worsen. Immunity is compromised, increasing the likelihood of illness and infection. Sleep also plays a role in metabolism. Even one night of missed sleep can create a pre-diabetic state in an otherwise healthy person, end quote. I don't know about you, but when I read that and think about it, it makes me realize how important sleep is to my health overall and how we were created to have healthy sleep patterns. Second, we were created to move. Moving means exercise. It means our bodies, our being as a human, was not created to sit at a desk all day. It was not created to be in front of screens 24-7. It was not created to live a life where we do not move. We were created to move. The Mayo Clinic gives a great point-by-point description of the importance of exercise in our life. Exercise controls weight. Exercise combats health conditions and diseases. Exercise improves your mood. Exercise boosts your energy. And exercise promotes better sleep. So if we want to be healthy leaders, we have to create rhythms of sleep in our life, consistent healthy rhythms of sleep, and consistent healthy rhythms of movement, exercise. That could be walking. That could be lifting weights. That could be running. That's what I love to do. I love to run. I love to lift weights. I love to do high-intensity interval training. But you might love to do yoga or whatever it may be. The important part is that you're moving. We were created to move. Third, we were created to eat healthy. Your diet plays a vital role in your overall mental, emotional, relational, physical, and leadership health. Healthline, uh, also quoting a number of studies of the importance of the connection between what goes into our gut, what we eat, and our brain. I love this. Listen to this. Neurons are cells found in your brain and central nervous system that tell your body how to behave. There are approximately 100 billion neurons in the human brain. Check this out. Interestingly, 
your gut contains 500 million neurons, which are connected to your brain through nerves in your nervous system. The vagus nerve is one of the biggest nerves connecting your gut and your brain. It sends signals in both directions. Your gut and brain are also connected through chemicals called neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters produced in, brain, in the brain control feelings and emotions. For example, the neurotransmitter serotonin contributes to the feelings of happiness and also helps control your body clock. Interestingly, many of these neurotransmitters are also produced by your gut cells and the trillions of microbes living there. A large proportion of serotonin is produced in your gut. Your gut microbes also produce a neurotransmitter called GABA, which helps control feelings of fear and anxiety. What does this all mean? It means the food that you put in your body, the fuel that you put in your body affects your brain. And your brain regulates every system in your human body. So what we eat can actually have a profound effect on our overall health, including our mental health, including things like depression and anxiety. So we need to take an inventory on healthy rhythms around sleeping, movement, and eating to be a healthy leader. Let's move on to the next category. So healthy physical rhythms. The next category is what I like to call healthy spiritual rhythms. Under this category would be things like prayer, Bible reading, relationships or community, Sabbath. So when I think of this, I think of being a healthy leader and a healthy spiritual leader. I want to have rhythms in my life that are cultivating health, that are creating health. And these rhythms that I think through historically, I think through in scripture, I think through in my own transformation and formation as a follower of Jesus and as a spiritual leader, here are a few things that have been vital in creating health and cultivating a relationship with God. First is prayer. Prayer is simply talking to God. In any healthy relationship, you want consistent communication. So every day, there's this intentionality about communicating with God. God wants you to talk to him. And when you pray, you just don't talk, you listen. You listen to God's encouragement and his direction and him speaking life into your heart and leading and guiding you. The second is Bible reading. There's many studies that have been done that talk about the most formative practice, spiritual formation, spiritual discipline, spiritual rhythm, whatever you want to call it, the most formative practice in people's lives, and most of them say Bible reading, choosing not only to pray every day, but to read your Bible. Reading the Bible is allowing the character of God, the person of God, the plan of God, the wisdom of God, uh, the promise of, of God to become ingrained in your soul. It's what we like to call truth. The more we allow our mind and our heart and our lives to be infiltrated by God's mind and God's heart, we are changed. It creates health. It creates spiritual cultivation or what we would call sanctification, the changing process. We become more like Jesus. We love better. 
when we talk to God and listen to God and read God's truth, his meta-narrative, his redemptive plan, and his plan for your life, and his character that he wants to form in your life. The third is relationships or community. We were created for relationships. We were created for community. A lot of us, when we're dealing with unhealth in our life, we like to isolate ourselves, which is choosing an unhealthy coping mechanism. Because we were created for relationships, and relationships are fuel. They encourage us. They help us. They spur us on. They lift up our arms when we feel weak. So I want to encourage you not just to read your Bible and pray, but also have relationships or community. And we're all different. There are people that love a lot of people in their lives, and then there's people that like a lot, not a lot, but a few really deep relationships in your life. Whatever it is for you, make sure that you have relationships in your life and that you're not isolating yourself from community. The fourth would be Sabbath. Sabbath would fall under this category of rest. We talked about sleep. So sleep to me is a daily Sabbath. And then there's a weekly Sabbath that we read about in scripture. One day to cease from your work, to delight in God, to delight and celebrate what you were able to accomplish, and just to rest your soul, to fill back up, to do things that bring life and creativity and passion back into your soul. You see, if we go, 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 eventually we're running on empty and we're depleted of life and passion and creativity and energy. So the Sabbath is one day a week to rest to delight, to celebrate, to cease from work, and to create health and fill back up our tank. So there's daily Sabbath, sleep, weekly Sabbath, a day just to create rest and delight and and, and all those things that I listed. And then in scripture, there's also times that the people of God would take a break for a week or so uh, to go to a festival or feast, celebrate some national holiday. So that's what I think would translate into our culture as vacations. I tell staff members, if you have a vacation, use it. Don't save it, use it, because vacations are meant to fill you back up. Vacations are meant to rejuvenate you and cause you to rest and for your soul to rewire again so that it is strong and healthy. So there are a number of different opportunities to rest. These are healthy spiritual rhythms. And maybe because of culture and leadership, I should touch on a few more. I think another one we could call, so there's healthy physical rhythms, healthy spiritual rhythms. I think those two categories are foundational. I think if we practice those, we are going to be healthy people and we are going to live healthy lives and we are going to be healthy leaders. But maybe to add to this, just because of culture and leadership factors, I'll touch on a few more. Let's call this third one healthy vocational rhythms. So under this category, I would say three things in my mind, work, development, and margin. Work, development, and margin. When we talk about rhythms, sometimes maybe, or burnout, sometimes maybe we think working hard is the problem. 
No, we were created to work hard. We were created to work. Work is part of the purposeful design of our creator. So it's important that we do have purpose and that we are actively engaged in some sort of work, vocation, purpose on this earth. Then, that's a healthy vocational rhythm, then development. So we have this purpose, we have this vocation, we're able to use how we've been created to make a difference in a company, in the world, to do good, to bring good. I think under that would be development. Taking time to develop yourself and your craft. So if you're going to be really good at your vocation and continue to add fuel and develop who you are and the skills that you have, it's important that you take time for development around your craft, around your giftings, so that you're able to grow your capacity and grow your skill set and hone in how you've been created year after year after year. For me, I do this by reading, by writing, and by ideating alone. So I develop myself reading things that I want to learn, that I want to get better at, researching, writing, and also ideating. I, I, I sit down and I have silence and solitude or I'll walk or I'll be working out and it sparks my mind with fresh ideas based on what I'm thinking about, what I've been reading, uh, what I'm trying to figure out. And so giving myself time for development is so important and it, it adds fuel. It adds passion to what I do. And then the third would be under healthy vocational rhythms, margin. And I talked about that last week in my podcast about burnout and leadership. It's important that we create margin in our life. And you can listen to that podcast to get more of kind of a picture of margin. But here's what I would say about it now. Work should not be the only aspect of your life. We were not created to just work. You see, there's this kind of perspective in our culture that workaholism is a good thing, and it's the only way to climb the ladder and be successful. Well, I would say this, working hard is a way, diligence is a way to make a difference and to do great things. However, we were created for more than work. We were created for relationships, for community, for service, for family, for enjoying the fruits of our labor, and so many other things. So we have to live a balanced life. Yes, work. Yes, work hard. Yes, sometimes uh, certain seasons or maybe when you're just initially starting a business or starting something, it takes a little more time and effort, but you don't want to live that way forever. So there's healthy vocational rhythms. And let's call this fourth one, because I think that's such an important topic in our cultural moment, healthy digital rhythms. Under this category would be things like digital investment versus digital breaks, what some would call a digital Sabbath. Listen to this. The average adult consumes five times more information every day than their counterpart 50 years ago because of this technological uh, age that we live in. We are overloaded by information. Beyond that, there are studies underway that are studying the impact of screen time, particularly on youth. Listen to this. Here's, here's a few studies. Quote, 
the growing up of digital study is now underway in Canada, with plans to expand to Australia, Finland, and eventually all six populated continents in partnership with a nonprofit called Sesame Workshop. The investigators plan to follow 3,000 to 5,000 youths over 10 years, examining the impact of digital technology on their physical, mental, and social well-being. That comes out of an article written by Harvard. That's interesting to me, that there are extensive studies taking place right now on the impact of living in the digital age on youth in our culture. Here's another study. In one study, Dr. Kara Baggett at the University of California at San Diego, where I used to live, and her colleagues scanned teenagers' brains while they checked their Instagram feed. They found that while when teenagers viewed their Instagram feed, the reward system of their brain is activated. This researcher and others believe that electronic devices can stimulate the release of dopamine, a brain chemical involved in cravings and desire. In other words, some people think that we get addicted to certain aspects of technology in the digital age. Another recent study found that teens who used electronic media at night are more at risk for sleep disturbances and symptoms of depression. Cutting back on screen time may relieve some of these symptoms. Researchers at the University of Pennsylvania found that college students who limited their screen time to less than 30 minutes a day were less lonely and depressed even just after three weeks. Beyond the studies on screen time and the potential negative effects on our lives, having healthy digital rhythms allows us to be present. Think of how the digital age has distracted us. When we have healthy digital rhythms, we're able to be present with God and present with others in a distracted and overstimulated world. So think of these two, digital investment versus digital breaks. We live in a digital world. We can't evade our phones, our computers, our tablets. It's life in our culture, right? I think that's a healthy perspective. But we should consider the impact of constant, perpetual, 24-7, I know that's an exaggeration, but you get it, digital attention. We should consider taking digital breaks each day. Think of it like you're at work, right? And you take small uh, segments of breaks, you know, maybe a 10-minute break every couple hours or a 15-minute break, or like when I study all day long, it's really important that I step away you know, for 10 minutes here and there to let my brain rest. I think it's important that maybe in our culture to be a healthy leader, to be a healthy human, that we take digital breaks. Another idea that I've heard proposed, and maybe you can think about, I've been thinking about this, is taking a digital Sabbath. You're like, what's that? It's this idea that we should consider taking a day a week and leaving the phone on the charger for a few hours or maybe a half a day or maybe the entire day if possible. Just allowing ourselves to have a break from the digital attention we give to our phone and maybe what it's doing to our brain. I know that I do this. Uh, I take time on certain days to just plug in my phone, walk away from it, and just live life. And sometimes when I'm feeling a little stressed or anxious, I put away my phone for an hour or two and I feel so much better. So I think just being aware of that is important. 
you know, as a leader, you have so much coming at you, including all your digital devices. So maybe consider having a rhythm where you are not consumed or addicted to your digital device every hour, every minute of the day so that you can be present with God and present with other people. That might be a good motivation and a good thing to build into your life. Well, I know there was a lot here, and I hope that your understanding of healthy rhythms is growing, but I also hope that you put a few of these things into practice. These are ideas. These are things that I have thought through, and I want to encourage you. You might be discouraged today. You might be on empty, depleting, lacking energy, feeling burned out, discouraged as a leader and as a human. I want to encourage you, that is a point to make a change. That is a point not just to do things in your life that deplete health, that empty your tank, but to begin to put in patterns, healthy, consistent patterns that create life and that fuel your tank. If you're discouraged, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling depleted, this is a great day to start to practice one, two, three of these healthy rhythms. Just start with a few. Don't overwhelm yourself. And begin to see healthy patterns fuel your life. And there will be better days ahead. Sometimes we come to a fork in the road. And we have to learn new things. We have to create new patterns to change the way that we're living. And so I encourage you to make healthy changes. Thank you so much for listening. And make sure to check out next week's podcast as we continue our season three discussion around mental health and suffering and what leaders have learned that can encourage our lives as well in their own mental health and suffering. Much love to you all. Talk to you again next week. Thanks again for joining me. I hope you were encouraged. I would love for you to help me to spread the word to bring hope for better days to as many people as possible. You can send a link to your family and friends, post something on your social media, and write a review on iTunes. Thank you for your support. I can't wait for you to join with me again next week for another episode of Better Days. 